are. You always have been. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You, you are God. You are Almighty. You're holy. You're other than. You're set apart. Your heart is not changed. Your character is not changed. You've not grown old and weary. You have not changed since the day that you excitedly created this world and created man, created woman, said that it was good. You have not changed. You have not old, aged. Your heart has been had lots of sorrow. God, I ask that you would Show us today how we can be people that don't contribute to that sorrow. That honor you. Contribute to your joy. Bless your name. Amen. I don't know about you guys, but um, I can say that since we started into the Beatitudes, I've struggled um, it's been a tough, tough few weeks, and I, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's because it's coming against maybe some of the greatest, greatest lies that we live with, the greatest deceptions we lived it with, and and I, I, I just can tell you that it's it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle to teach, to study, to. Um, all week long, it seems like, uh, in doing it. So, I would ask, there's a side of that that kind of excites me, but I would ask you guys to pray, because I think the fight's on. This struggle with law and grace is um, worthy of the time, worthy of the effort to, to come to some clarity on. It's not okay to just read it over and hold up the cross as some sentimental posture of Jesus that, that we all have pity and mourn over and say, wasn't that nice of him? Um, we need to understand the distinction um, and, and God's perspective on law and grace. We, we've been told the lie that we're under grace and Jesus came to rid us of the law. Um, it's there, the implications of that as I, as I spend all, um, as I spend the week studying, the implications of that are pretty profound, you guys, and 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 they absolutely impact all of us. Um, I, I would say they impact us all as a nation, even. I'd say that they're it's ingrained deep enough in our culture. The Christian. Um, Truths are ingrained deep enough in our culture that a false understanding of Christian truths, um, false teaching permeates every part of our culture. Uh, there's a, um, or it's pretty obvious that, that our perception of grace, American church, anywhere in entitlement mentality in America. You know, we have a a sense that I deserve, um, I deserve, um, 
Yes, I deserve a better life. I deserve to have more. I deserve two cars in my garage. I mean, we we go to elections based on that. You know, we go to we go to election based on I deserve two cars in my garage. This president isn't given to me. This guy says he will, so I'm voting for him. And I know that seems like an oversimplification, but it's not really an oversimplification. Um, mentality that 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 says I deserve to be happy. I deserve to have what I want. Um, and unfortunately, I, I really believe that that there's a there's a side of that that comes from our Jesus said the verses are some of the most profound verses unless we understand them Jesus is going to go on throughout the Sermon on the Mount and articulate his father's view of the law right he's going to come he was speaking to people who believe very much in the law, right? The Jews, the, 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 the Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees, who said they believe very much in the law and, and were very, very proud of the fact that they held to the law. Um, I've always felt it was a very dangerous thing to distance ourselves so far in America from the Pharisees uh, and the scribes and Sadducees. I grew up listening to preaching and, and it seems like there's a relentless mocking of the Pharisees and the scribes um, for their ridiculousness, for the way they acted, for their hypocrisy, for their self-righteousness, for their un- lack of understanding. Um, and even though those are true, that they were they were diabolically, um, in many ways, opposed to what God's intention was. Um, the tragedy in distancing ourselves is that we don't see our own hypocrisy and sameness. And, and that's a very dangerous thing because I believe that the characteristics of the Pharisees in the day, of the scribes in the day, um, are very much characteristics of the American church. And I think that we would, we are very, if we laugh at them and scorn them, the things that they did and the way they acted and the way they re- to Jesus, we are probably in, in that. That goes very much to do not judge, lest you be judged. That goes very much to being hypocritical in judgment. That means that that we hold ourselves to the same standards. What were they doing? Why were they doing it? Why were they acting the way they acted? Why did they respond to Jesus the way he did? All of us, on some level, have the You know, you know, whatever. You know, it, 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 the open. Okay, because the the Jews, the Pharisees, the scribes were not consciously hypocritical. Very hypocritical. In exactly the same way they were hypocritical is this. We believe intellectual ascension about the Word of God. Correct 
the ability to quote, the ability to recite, the ability to speak doctrine correctly um, validates and, and equates to a right relationship with God. Okay? And Jesus he's relentlessly was saying, you believe with your believe with your boots. In so many words. You believe that you, you, you this about God and yet this is the way you live. Right? That was the way that God he said and, and I that that is a the church in America is rife with that, is is full of that, is riddled with that. That we we are arrogant to say that wait, I I believe in Jesus. Well so do the demons in shudder and fear. Okay? And it's not going to go well for them. Be sure. They believe in Jesus. And they're going to spend eternity in hell. Okay? Believing in Jesus is not the issue. When the Bible says believing in Jesus, it's, it's, it's believing in His Lordship, in His authority, in who He is. Your life reflects it. You know, I, I would want to be... Let me... There is nothing more fatal as to regard holiness and sanctification as experiences to be received. This is part of the quote. Now, but think of that for a minute, okay? Mm-hmm. I will. There, there, there is a... There is a let me, the, the baseline here, the, the thing that we need to, to, to counteract is that we think that God is okay with our lack of righteousness and lack of holiness. That's what grace means. Okay? Um, that is a lie. That is an absolute lie. Okay? Again, God did not get old and lax in His discipline. He did not get old and lax in His feelings. He did not change His view about the law. Okay, let me. We need to be very, very careful that. In fact, I would go to the extent of saying I think it's somewhat of a travesty potentially. Print New Testaments standing alone without the Old Testament. Oh yeah, throwing Psalms in, so it makes it okay. I I think that that is a very, very wrong, dangerous thing. If you do not understand, are familiar with the law. And how God sees it. And God's laws, God laid it down. I'm talking about the whole of the law. Okay? If you are not familiar with that and know it, there's no way you... Understanding of the... Contingent understanding the law. It is not some... Okay? If we do not understand... The law, I did not come that I came to abolish the law of the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Now, before you start this legalist, 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 you didn't like that. Okay? And it's not a you just read over it and say, well, I don't know what it means, but it can't mean that. It can't. I know what. We're under grace. We're not under the law. So, it can't mean that. It can't mean what it says. I didn't write it. Okay? 
The important part is very clear. That's kind of like saying that ignorance is is bliss. You know, that's like saying that. Remember one characteristics of a born-again believer is we hunger and thirst for righteousness. Okay? That means that we hunger and thirst to be right. We long to be right with God. That means we makes us right with God. What matters to God. What doesn't matter. We don't hate the law. We don't begrudgingly follow the law. A born law. A born-again believer will love the law and desire to do what's pleasing to God. And long to know. Not go, I don't know because then I might have to understand God's view. I mean, I can't get divorced or something if I want to. We don't understand God's view on purity because that might mean I'm not be able to kiss my boyfriend. I mean... Is that, is that thirsting to be right with God? Or is that begrudgingly following the law, doing on the external? Now we will stand before God and go, see, I was better than most people. I did better than most. I did pretty good. We should long to know what pleases our Father. And we should, Jesus says something, I did not not come to a fulfill for truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the small stroke shall pass away from the law until all is then annuls one of the least of these commandments, and so teaches others shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven, but whoever keeps and teaches them he shall be in the kingdom of heaven. And he doesn't just positive reinforcement. He says, whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and so teaches others. No, I'm sorry. It just passes that of the scribes and Pharisees. You shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay? That he, he, he directly came at the scribes and Pharisees. He condemned false theology. It's not just a matter of saying... Well, this is the more right theology. I mean, we have this perception of 31 flavors of Christianity in America or something, you know? Well, they believe this and they believe that and we can't say who's right and who's wrong. Let's just all get along and, and, and be friends. Is that what the, Jesus did? No, that's not what Jesus did. Jesus said truth is truth. We should absolutely be united in truth. Based on what I believe? No! Based on what the Bible says. Based on what the Bible teaches. Okay? And we should have no fear of saying, you think the Bible teaches this, I think the Bible teaches that. That shouldn't be just left as, and we call ourselves brothers. It shouldn't just be left with, that's fine. You believe the way you believe, I believe the way I believe. Let's just get along and be happy. You know what that's called? Hatred. Hatred. Because you know what the truth is? Either you're wrong, and I'm right, I'm wrong, you're right, or we're both wrong. Okay? In either case, how does caring about somebody say, you just believe what you believe? Because truthfully, in our hearts, right, what are we really saying? In our hearts, we're really saying, well, you're wrong. You don't know truth. You're deceived. But 
Go away, be happy. Really? Yeah, drink your Drano. It's okay. I don't care. Okay? We should absolutely care about right and wrong. Okay? And we should... We need... When it comes to the concept of law and grace in this country, I'm not sure that there's too many things that's more profound to confront. Particularly, again... Let me finish this statement. Let me read it again here, if that gives you a little bit more context, okay? And that's not just that statement, there's some more after it. There is nothing more fatal as to regard holiness and sanctification Okay? What does that mean? That, I was taught in conservative evangelicalism, that the holiness and sanctification which we have is really something that's just given to us by what Jesus did. It's just kind of accredited to our count. Okay? That's something that just kind of happens. It has, because of what Jesus did, okay? We, we, we're not, Jesus didn't come to fulfill the law. We're, are we supposed to be like Jesus? Doesn't it say we're supposed to be like Jesus? Okay? That's what Christian means, little Jesus. Are we Yes, Jesus kept the law. Jesus kept the law perfectly. Jesus fulfilled the law perfectly. Dang it, David, this is getting uglier by the minute, isn't it? Okay? That's what we're supposed to do? Uh, yes. Okay? Yes. Now, again, last week I stated it. What, for a moment, something that bothered me all week. I want to make sure, make something clear. I inferred a lot last week that the Old Testament God was a wrathful God and an angry God and, 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 a, and a vengeful God. And a God who judged and a God whose fire and brimstone came down and opened the swap people. And this was, and it was angry and intolerant of sin. New Testament God's a God of love. I, let me just say, I am stating a lie. Okay? If you look at that, the New Testament God and the Old Testament God. You believe passionate, graces, suffering, patient, right? Go backwards because you get the New Testament's here or something. So, so in, in, in that, that's this God. In fact, if you read the Old Testament, you will see more examples of grace and compassion and long-suffering and tenderness than even the New Testament, okay? In the Old Testament. Yeah, this God of the New Testament too, okay? Was he with Ananias and Sapphira? By patience as we see him. Right? Boom. Right? They inferred something was true that wasn't true. God struck them immediately. This is the beginning of the church. God feels about it. Okay? And he was making it clear how I feel about hypocrisy. How I feel about putting on fronts. How I feel about pretending we are supposed to be intimately bound together. No walls. No defenses. No protection. Vulnerable. Okay? And accountable to each other. I'm going to... 
down. God of the New Testament is a loving God. That's a false understanding. Okay, the God of the Old to those who fear Him, okay? forgiving of sin, forgiving of trespasses to those who fear Him. To those who do not fear Him, look out. Right? Same in the New Testament. He's the same God. We do, we do not serve another God. Again, that's why I, I it, it's troubling to me. I, I think that it's a, it's a, I understand, you know, I could put in my pocket when I go up to the mountains. So I want a little one that I can read, so I only have the, you know, I, I'm not sure the justification. But I would say that it's a very dangerous thing because we cannot understand the New Testament in the Old Testament. Okay? And, and, let me try to, because I think this is worthy of, I know it's worthy of hanging with here. Read this again. There's nothing more fatal, dangerous, to regard holiness and sanctifications as experiences to be received. When I become a Christian, in God's sight. And that's what it is. It's positional. Okay? And God just puts this, this, this mask over me that doesn't let him see my sin. He just sees me as this loving little smiling boy. No. Being righteous. And being righteous means keeping the law. Okay? Sky. Martin looked around the mountain. Okay? It means keeping the law. Therefore, therefore, and this is the profound part, if your so-called grace, quote, which you say you have received, if your so-called grace does not make you keep the law, you have not received grace. Grace does not mean God's okay with my sin. God is not okay with your sin. If you think God is okay with your sin, you don't understand what happened at the cross. God is so not okay with your sin and not keeping the law, He Jesus died in your place. We this nice little side that happened. Jesus died to fulfill the law. Ages of sin is death. God is a just God. God did not all of a sudden get nicer in the New Testament and decide He would just overlook your sin. That is complete. Died for your sin. And until we understand the law and the magnitude of it and the way feels about what is and wrong, necessary wages of sin is death. Jesus on the cross is pretty meaningless. I, I, I challenge you, please, to understand It's probably okay because you in our human nature it confronts the
Okay? It's, it's critical that we understand. Now, we get too... The law is broken down into, about this last week, basically three types of law. Okay? If you read Leviticus, remember, all the... They did sacrifices... Is Christ. That was all a representation, a shadow, a figure of Jesus Christ. Is it important? It is important. That's why I apologized last week. Sorry for sometimes going, ooh, Leviticus. It represents my Savior. Is it worth and valid reading it going, oh my. Please. Absolutely. A law, so am I supposed to do that now? What it says, Leviticus? Let's be very clear about something. Jesus completely, perfectly, totally fulfilled the ceremonial law, the temple law. Okay? Jesus was, the, Jesus is our high priest. Jesus is our burnt offering. Jesus is our sacrifice for sin. The way they halt on things, as we talked about last week, they suffering. They all of it represents magnitude of what Jesus. The same picture of prophecy. Okay, Jesus, he fulfilled the law and the prophets. The prophets were doing what? The prophets. And then assess talking about there is no longer a need for changed it in seventy AD like this to the temple, right? Flattened it. And then allowed Satan to build a mosque on it. Okay, I mean this is this is just to make sure you know you get resurrected again and people are deceived. Is the temple we are the temple of God? Let, let me it, it, it would be to spend time in in Leviticus and different chambers chamber. With the Holy of Holies. You, you talk about, the, you know, when you put a rope on it, Holy of Holies, having to do sacrifice. People doing it, and, and if it, he wasn't clean, if he had if he done the deal, boom, struck dead, being in the presence of God. That's a heart. That's a heart. Does God care about holiness? Care about righteousness? There's, there's, there is the judicial law. So that part of the law is filled. Eating. What we eat. What we don't eat. Right? And then Paul talks about it. Everything's clean now. 
right? And it's clean now. It's not, it's not it. Why? It was Jesus. Jesus law with the Jews. This is a, this is, this is one distinct that was in Old Testament times prior to Jesus and now. Okay? Same, same with one nation who was set apart, who, that was to be led by priests directly from God. Okay? And this was actually a, a, a political form, a governmental form that these people raised in the Jewish people. This is what God set up and ordered, a theocracy, okay? In doing it. So the, the, the rules about and how theocracy and how people function with each other, man towards man and man towards nation. To that theocracy and the way God worked in that people. Was that the heart of God? Absolutely, that was the heart of God. Okay? Are there laws that we are supposed to live by now? No. Is that, is that the intention? There's, there's laws that are, that was a judicial God, you know, that you have a city of refuge. You know, um, a son who is rebellious and openly and overtly rebellious, unwilling to be submissive to his father. The men of the city take that son and take him to edge of stony. That's hard. Lack of submission to the authority. But those are laws that were put in place. It's not to abolish that law. Okay, the the, the way that we function among people, it, and that's God's heart on issues of what is right and what is wrong. That that never changes. The Ten Commandments. Did He come to abolish the Ten Commandments? Absolutely not. Okay. In fact, as we go. The important is that we understand this is not God. Rape. Okay, you are tough, hard to fulfill, lots of work, lots of energy. Good way, live under grace. Man, life's good. Okay, don't have to worry about it. Not personal. Okay. okay. <laughs> that, the, you know, you can say, go to the mountains. You don't have to worry about it, you know. Con- condemn me. Um, the, 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 Jesus did not come to bring an easier life. Jesus did not come to bring a life with, with, that was less holy or less righteous or less compliant with the law. Jesus died so that we are able to fulfill the law. Be sure about it. When we when we read through the rest of the this on the mount here, when he talks about murder, when he's dealing with other people, when he talks about uh, uh, marriage, when he talks about adult, talks about those things in here, how does he deal with it? He deals with the the, the Pharisaical view of it was that if I overtly comply to this, if I overtly actively comply to this. Then I'm good with you, God, right? What does Jesus relentlessly say? No, you're not. 
I say to you, it's your heart. Heart that matters. Doing away with all complete in the way he's meant it to be fulfilled. Not as an outward act where aren't we goody two shoes because I've done keep the Ten Commandments. I'm doing it. It's, it's an in So the, the problem with our, our, our concept of law and grace, we're not under the law anymore. We still all believe in keeping the law. Okay? We still all have our little things that are right and wrong. We do and we don't do. But you know what we think now? Well, I choose to do the right thing, therefore, brownie points, God? I mean, come on, scale. I don't have to. I'm under grace. I don't have to keep the law. I don't have to do what's right. So, if I choose to restrict my fleshly behavior in some way, not punching you in the face, or not saying certain words, or not drinking that extra beer, or whatever it might be, you know, God, God, you know, you mind you see it, I'm under grace, so I don't, I can do whatever I want, but, doesn't this buy me something here? No. We are, we are, Jesus died so that we could fulfill the law. Okay? This is not something that is just to us. This is something, this is a life that we live. This is, God does not call us to a lesser standard of righteousness and holiness than He did the Old Testament people. He calls us to a higher standard. Now, we don't, you know, every people, what does that immediately do when we act out in the flesh? Let's start making up some more rules, right? Let's start, let's start coming up with different ways that we can make sure that by not doing this, not doing this, sure we comply. Right? That's what the Mishnah was. The Jews did the same thing. And the Jews came up with a thousand more in order to keep Are you kidding me? We do the same thing. Okay? So, what do we do? I don't know. I could give you a hundred lists, you know. But, but oh, purity. Okay? God says, do not commit adultery. Okay, don't commit adultery. So, let's come up with some rules, man. You know? Don't have sex with your wife before you... With a group. Let's see. You can... But you can't do that. But you can act this way, but not act this way. But Christian dating is this, but non-Christian dating is to act like this. We don't do this, okay? Um, don't get naked. You can stimulate each other through clothes, you know, doing it. I mean, you can you can hug and you can kiss and you can rub and you can do whatever. You know, doing that. Come up with all our own. Us to say this is okay, this isn't okay, okay? Okay. Okay. This, I, I, <laughs> I think we could stand in, in and say that the American church, and we, and we do it. Baptist, oh, that means you can't go to a movie, right? What? No, there was, you go to a movie. A lot of things in our culture that if we are people seeking righteous and please our God, doing 
fact, probably my, I mean, I'm truly blessed by you two girls' response to the raging craziness that was going on. I'm back when I'm, you know, in the Lord, right? To see the by the actions that are happening here in the people and what they're doing. And in a witness. Not go against your father. Blesses my heart. And I think that our our is absolutely full of things that are contrary to God. You know, that you know, dating thing in our culture, right? How else do you find a husband? You know, I mean, they necessarily need to go there, but there are there are a lot of things that we should go, that we should be and we will be opposed to and not participate in and restrict our lives in, okay? But, remember this, Jesus complied with the law. And let's just say this, he complied with it perfectly because he did because he didn't sin. What was he relentlessly accused of? Breaking the law. Being a lawbreaker. What did he seem to... Well, he's not keeping the Sabbath. You know, he's, you know, he's doing all the... He's healing on the Sabbath. Working. He's doing all the things, you know, that are... Did he... Of the law that God set down. No. He never broke the Sabbath. He did not. Okay? He was relentlessly accused of breaking the Sabbath. Right? What was he breaking? Man's laws. Man's Okay? We want to... Because I guarantee we have them in our culture. Probably all of us have them on some level. And this culture is absolutely of them which we hold to be the law of God that you know right the whole you know the whole concept of, of swear words comes one right now I've been as I swear by heaven and earth and we say well we're not swearing I don't know I would be I, I would question you know what are they called they're called swear words according to what we're saying you know doing it but the problem is you know I can say darn it but I can't say you know I can say um, but I can't say I can say you know
I mean, I, I you know, I, 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 can, I can do say a lot of things, but I can't say other ones because those are unrighteous words. I mean, we we're ridiculous. In it, okay, we're, we're ridiculous in coming up with our own standards of righteousness. But is it important that my To know the law of God, because we are not, we are still held to that standard. Jesus, God's grace means that He freed us from the curse of the law. What was the curse of the law? Death. The curse of the law was death. He freed us from the curse of the law in order that we might fulfill the law out of gratitude, out of desire to please our Father. Out of hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Out of being poor in spirit. A submissive child. Okay? Not self-willed. Not doing what I want. Willingly submitted to the of my father. Okay? I now keep the rules. Do I, do I see my father's rules? as a bad thing or do I see them as a good thing? Do I live in constant rebellion but I have to, I guess? Or do I go, I am glad to please my God didn't put time in place in order to make his children's life terrible and miserable. God put the lot in place in order to implement his heart and his will and his soul to his people, to his It shows how life works best. We don't see God correctly. If we disagree with the law, if we disagree with how God set up what was right, what was wrong, we don't agree with the God of the Bible, we don't understand the God of the Bible, and if we arrogantly stand back and go, but the God I believe in doesn't think like that. You're worshiping a false God. Okay? You are not worshiping God in the way He healed Himself. If we disagree That's a big statement, right? I mean, that's a big... Now, I'm not saying that our flesh doesn't revolt against it. Because our flesh revolts against it. Okay? Our flesh wants to do what I want to do. What is the natural propensity of man? What is the root of sin? Me. Self-assurance. Self-esteem. Self-reliance. Right? Completely contrary to submissive to the Father. Okay? Completely. Can, am I bold and confident in my God? Absolutely. Can I be bold and confident in my Father and who my Father is? Absolutely. Can I take pride in the fact that I am a child of the Most High God. That should be my glory. That should be what I stand in, this, in, 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 in thankfulness for. That should be uh, the point of my that I am a child of God. Okay? To myself. Completely contrary to everything our culture.
top of that. Now they all got a blue ribbon, a blue ribbon. Everybody stands right? You won. Every kid puts. Look, you got a blue ribbon. His mommy tells him, "See, you won. You got a blue ribbon. You got bucked off. What? Nobody." Self-esteem. Let's build self-esteem, okay, in our children. Okay, is that what God says to build? No, He says to build confident, obedient mission. That is what you teach a child. Father, he can believe in his father. He can depend on his father. What does Satan do to that? Look, look at the cesspool of fathers we have. Okay, our country, in in spite of its self-esteem, building you up has a. We talk, God calls us to be on that responsibility in a profoundly serious way, and we need to, but we don't in this picture. I think that, I think the whole concept of fatherhood fills in the same thing, the space. Okay? Because it says the same thing. It says, what's it say? Well, I'm male. I'm insensitive. I'm not intuitive. I'm really not perceptive. Um, I'm really not aware of things going around me. Cool. It's like, that's all right. I don't, I'm, that's just me. I'm just a male. It is, isn't it? Somehow, ignorance is going to be bliss. You know? And pardon me, women. Men are selfish enough and willing enough to go, you're, a, you're an idiot. Okay. That's more fun for me. So, let's get have a Life's good. I don't have to pay attention to you and I can be selfish. We somehow think it's the same way about the law. If I don't know the law of God, that's what I am. I'm just a sinner. That's why I oppose very strongly our identity. Call yourself a sinner? You need to be saved. You need to be born again. You need to be Saint, God, recognize that you're a sinner. What I am—that's what it is. So it's, it's the old adage that is, holds true. Tell me I'm a bad boy. I'll show you. I'll show you a bad boy. You know, doing it. I mean, it, it, what is our identity? We live up to our identity. Call me a sinner. I'm just a sinner. by the grace of God. But God's okay with that. I'm just a sinner. But God's okay with that. No, He's not. Jesus died because you're a sinner. Jesus died. God's okay with that? God is not okay with that. Jesus came to redeem us, that we might fulfill the law, that our lives would be holy and righteous. The, the, this book is absolutely full of this truth. Okay? If you want to... Believe in cheap grace. Read cheap grace in it. You can find your cute little verses. All I have to do is believe in Jesus and then just do the best I can. Okay? That's in the Bible, isn't it? 
And, and, and if you want to believe, you can find it. But let me not what this book says. This book says, right, priesthood, and set apart for him. Okay? If he, Jesus fulfilled the law, Jesus tends us to fulfill the law. In, in the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, will live that out. He intends to fulfill that law. Now, does that mean that, that if I fulfill the law, I earn God's favor? No. God's favor comes unmerited because of His character and His nature. Not because of goodness, not because of our worthiness. There's nothing I can do to earn the favor of God. Okay? God's favor is God's favor. Just like we talked about, a father's favor towards his child should be that. Okay? A father's favor towards his child should be unconditional. Unconditional. Because of his character and his love. He loves no matter what. He loves his child. Whether his child's obedient, whether his child's disobedient. Whether his child is submissive, whether his child is good, bad. Love is unconditional. Okay? That's true. But that does not mean that a child will be bad, right? Is that is that the way it goes in with children? So if we Because this is how we view God. You know what we think? Oh, I have to treat them with scorn and contempt when they act bad. Otherwise they'll think it's okay to act good, to act bad. Okay? I cannot treat them see. I have to treat them with rejection. I have to turn back on them. I have to, to scorn them. I have to show them that's bad behavior and you can't act that way. Are we supposed to treat our children? Yes. Should the, should the grace of God, should the grace of a father call that should the children sin? And think about it. So is the right thing then for a child to be disobedient and rebellion? Because it will only show the grace of his father more and the love of his father more? May it never be. Okay, the, the, the response of the child towards is is that his he's secure in the fact that his father loves him no matter what, but his he is also absolutely confident in the fact that his father will discipline those he loves. He's also absolutely confident in the fact that his father will reprove and correct and teach and train, whatever level it takes, in his child. Okay, the fear of a father. Okay? Necessary. The fear of our Lord, the fear of our God is a necessary foundation for wisdom. The fear of a child towards their father. Their fa- father should know, my father doesn't waver, my father doesn't change. My father said, this is wrong. And it's, it's tomorrow. He's not going to go, oh, I'm too tired, I don't want to deal with this, I guess it's okay today. My father's not going to do that. Because my father is immutable, my father doesn't change. Now, are we perfect as fathers in this? No. Okay? Is, but is this our goal? Is this our purpose? Is this what we're called to? Is this how God intends for us? Absolutely. Okay? And that we discipline and we correct our child, not based on rejection. Not based on, on withholding our love. Okay? Never we do that. Okay? 
In fact, a child who's disciplined correctly will respond after discipline through discipline as being loved. You know, they are loved in that. Right? I mean, they, that when a child knows that of a child, I'll respond with, ugh, like you, learn. To the point where their will was submitted. It is. You beat them to death at times. Probably, probably natural restriction on the deal on doing that. Our, our it wasn't my fault. We, we started by Should long should realize that the and decided he was going to put all these see if they would fail. We should realize that the law of God and from a loving okay Jesus came to fulfill that law. To fulfill that law. Some of it is absolutely, again, ceremonial law, temple law. That's things about what you eat, things what you don't. Okay? Complete. The, the prophet, speaking of the Messiah, the prophet, okay? Jesus came to fulfill him. He says, not one of an earth passed away. It will all be completed. The Ten Commandments and the moral laws, those are still the heart of God, the heart of a loving Father. We should know them. It's always been sad to me that how many of us have the Ten Commandments memorized? A little fearful, isn't it? You know, we got most of them, but we might miss one or something. That's a rather pathetic, pardon me. Including myself, you know, doing it. You make, I forget one or something, or doing it. And we've got a few of them. Don't murder. Of course, we know that one. Don't lie. You know, right? There's ten, okay? It would do well for, did God change in his heart towards the Ten Commandments? Absolutely not. Are we to keep the Ten Commandments? Absolutely. Absolutely. From our heart. In our, not based on, I'm keeping this so therefore I'm right with you, God. But based on, I love you, God, and I want 
what pleases you. I want to please my father. I want to have a right relationship with my father. Right? And so we long to keep the law. As David said, I love the law. Right? We should love the law. It is not something that's objectionable. The Old Testament is not something to... It's something we long to go to to see the heart of our Father. Okay? When we get, as we start through, I mean, next week we're going to... No, we'll go through. Not me. Anybody? So... And exemplifies. He goes through and, and, and fills out what God's intentions was of man. Okay? Towards man. And we need to understand this is a good thing. This isn't, oh no, another restriction. Oh no, another weight. Oh no, another thing I have to do and something I can't do. That is not it. This should be instruction on what our, what our, what the love of our life, what pleases the love of our life. Okay? What pleases the love of our life? All of us understand that desire at some point in our life, good, bad, and ugly, where we want to please that which we cherish the most. Right? We want to know what pleases them. That should be our heart towards God's law. That we want to know what what I want to do and how I want to live. I can serve who I want to serve. If it's me, if it's you. Somehow grace covers me in that. You paid for it all. So I get a credit card. When I do bad things, you overlook them because I already paid for it. God, please, please, I thank you for your patience. I thank you for not striking us dead. And our blasphemy and our rebellion as a nation, but even more so, tragically, as a church and as individuals. God, please cause us to see that your law is good. You created your son, put in this world under the law. He was he did not know the curse of the he felt the curse of the law for us. He took on the curse of the law himself.
necessity of completing and fulfilling the law when he died, he gave us the ability to do so. To live lives that are holy and righteous. We cannot understand holy, holiness and righteousness unless we understand, literally know your law. It is not about trying to be nice. Trying to feel good towards each other and feel good towards you. It is not subject to our reasoning and our feelings. Your whole, what you perceive, what you understand, what is true of holiness and righteousness is shown in your law. I ask you that, God, you would please curb as much as possible the false accusations, whether personally in our minds from the enemy, whether socially and culturally in our church and our town, that you would curb the enemy's attacks of legalism. There is nothing we can do to earn your merit and your favor. This is not legalism that you're speaking of as we fear and run from, even rightfully so. This is knowing what pleases our Father. This is knowing what pleases you. Righteousness is keeping the law. God, I ask that you would cause us to understand there is an obligation. You do have standards. This isn't subjective and according to our reasoning and how I want to do it or how I want to play it. This is based on on your word, on your revealed word. This is based on... So you said those who are your children, those who are your sons and daughters, are those who are led by your spirit. Your spirit will not lead us contrary to your heart, to your desire, to your law. God, cause us not to fear that. Cause us to fear our hypocrisy. Cause us to dread our hypocrisy. Cause us to wake up the duality that exists and kill a man, kill our, kill our flesh. Submit our flesh to the cross. Cause us to realize the absolute necessity of being born again. Without that, we are without hope. We cannot fulfill the law. The law, therefore, is a taskmaster, a school teacher to show us our need for a Savior. And that's true. Our inability in our flesh to fulfill it. But there's hope. We can be born again. I thank you for that, Jesus. I thank you for your willingness to take God's justice and His wrath on yourself for our sake cause us to realize the magnitude of that the obligation that comes from that the thankfulness that our lives should live out forever eternally for that Amen